You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. You're listening to episode 77, which Nathan has just informed me moments before going live that that was actually your your number in high school. Is that right? Yeah, in football. And so if we're going by that, then this is probably going to be a mediocre episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't worry, Nathan, you've already made it to the big league. You know, here we are on our 77th episode of a podcast listened to by hundreds of people. Um, and the reason that is, the reason we have hundreds of people listening is it's not because of what, anything that we're doing right here. It's because you listener are helping to spread the podcast and you can do that in one of two significant ways. First, you can subscribe to the better than fiction Bible podcast by doing whatever the positive interaction is on your platform of choice. That's the plus mark on Apple music. That's the heart symbol on Spotify. That's the follow button on Google podcasts. Um, whatever the platform of choice you listen to interacting with us in that way helps tell the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. And the second way you can help contribute to the podcast and probably the most significant way is just tell somebody about the show. Mm. Um, basically everyone who listens to the show was told by somebody to listen or shared in some way, either initially by one of us, uh, from the churches we're associated with or by a friend, I would say almost everyone who listens did not get recommended this, you know, just randomly scrolling through podcasts. They got recommended it by someone they know. So this week, my challenge to you is tell someone you know about the podcast and have them listen. Start at the beginning, episode one, where all good stories start. Just be sure to apologize for the weirdness of it in advance. (laughs) If you warn people about the weirdness up front, it really takes the edge off. And they're like, ah, it's not that weird. But if you, you know, if you just said, hey, listen to this in a vacuum, and they start listening and they get to the weird stuff. They're like, what in the world did they recommend to me? Well, it, it, the first couple of episodes, like the first five episodes are kind of like a filter for like the tr- the truly devoted because the first couple of episodes are one, they're, they, they have heavy amount of weird stuff front loaded at the beginning. The number two, it's not quite as polished as we are now. Like we were still, Do you think we were, we were polished after stuff. five episodes? Uh, well, we were more polished. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm remembering the, the line from, uh, Emperor's new groove where, uh, or they say, oh, well, uh, Cusco's not as dead as we could have hoped. And, um, I think, uh, by episode six, we're maybe not as, uh, polished as we could have hoped. Right. There it it's, is. It's, it still works. If you've been listening for any length of time, you know, especially the last, you know, 12 episodes or so, you know, that we've been in Genesis 15 for quite a while, but as of last week. We have moved into Genesis 16, and it, it's brand new, exciting territory. Oh, so I'm, new I'm excited world. to continue. There it is. It's not, now it's an episode of the podcast. There and, it is. Um, I'm yeah. excited to go with you guys on this journey through Genesis 16. So, with all that being said, where are we going to be today, fellas? Well, you've already said it. It's Genesis 16, and basically this week is just an expansion on what we talked about last week, and we're going to talk about a few things that we didn't touch on 
we're going to read the whole chapter again, and likely we'll wrap up Genesis 16 today. Uh, but this will be an anchor point for us. We will come back to Genesis 16 because this will not be the last we hear of Ishmael. This will not be the last we hear of Hagar. And you, you, know, you know what's really interesting to me about Genesis 16, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, um, is the fact that Genesis 15 and Genesis 17 are widely regarded as two of the most important chapters of the Abraham story because in Genesis 15, you get the covenant affirmed by faith. And in Genesis 17, you get the covenant affirmed by circumcision, right? Right. Mm. Uh, actually, I should say confirmed by faith in Genesis 15. Uh, so, for example, in Romans 4, when Paul is discussing Abraham, which two passages does he go back and forth and quoting and citing from? Genesis 15 and Genesis 17. Right. So why put Genesis 16 smack dab in the middle of those? Because this tends to be one of those flyover, we don't spend much time there chapters, right? What is it that we need to see here, pun intended? It's the Missouri of, of Genesis chapters. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Or, and yet Kansas City barbecue, right? <laughs> yeah. Whether So whether or not we see anything here, it's abundantly clear God sees something here. So, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, Nathan, you read last week. Uh, I'll read this week. Perfect. Genesis chapter 16, the entire chapter. And as always, reading from the English Standard Version. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go in to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went in to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her, this is Hagar, by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Oh man, that's beautiful. She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and you shall bear a son. 
and you shall call his name Ishmael. Last week we learned that his name means God hears because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man and his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing for she said, truly here, I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Be'er Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. A full chapter. I feel like I've accomplished something. Da -da, you read so beautifully, da -da. Matt. <laughs> It's, it's so, it's so nice to listen to Matt read like an entire thing like that. You do such a good job. Yeah. So again, Genesis 15, the promise to Abraham, Genesis 17, covenant with Abraham, Genesis 16. Why in the world are we introducing and talking all about Hagar? It's interesting too, also that there's a multiplication promise in 16, just like 15. Yes. In other words that, um, God is, going to multiply God is your promising that he's going to multiply Ishmael's folks just like he's going to multiply Isaac's folks. Right. Even I though also, Isaac is not in the equation yet, right? That's right. I, I also pick up on a detail here. I don't know if it's significant, but it's interesting that like Hagar has this experience out, you know, out in the wilderness after she's fleeing, in which God says, okay, you're going to name your kid Ishmael. And then Ab Abram does it. So I guess he believed her. Mm. Like he, he, like he believed in that. He believed that story. So. I don't know if that means anything. I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. So, and by the way, by that's so interesting, even though I hadn't thought wow. to talk about that, I just preached Exodus three, uh, Sunday and Exodus three is, uh, where God reveals to Moses, uh, you know, essentially the divine name in real time, the, it's usually translated. I am who I am, uh, in Hebrew, it's Echia, Asher, Echia, but the whole context is. God is giving Moses something to do, you know, let, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And God says, well, Hey, I'm going to be with you. And Moses says, well, that's great. But God, who are you? Well, when, when the Israelites ask me who sent me, what do I tell them your name is? And that's where God gives them a name. And so it's interesting that on the basis of her dealings in the wilderness, Sarai brings back not only a name for Ishmael, she also brings back a name for God. Mm. It's also I mean, excuse me, I said Sarai, I meant Hagar. You meant Hagar. It's we don't another, another thing that's interesting to me, Abram got a smoking fire pot, but Hagar is the first person, I believe, that sees the angel of the Lord. Isn't interesting. that true? Yeah. yeah. Am I right on that? Sure. I'm trying to think. Well, other I don't than the, think we talked than the, about Angel of the Lord. Already than the guardian cherubim at the in gates yeah, of but Eden. But that wouldn't be Angel of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Specifically, the Angel of the Lord. And man, there's right. a lot of stuff to explore with the Angel of the Lord. Hmm. Or we, we won't go there today. 
Yeah, we might we'll, do one more episode in Genesis 16. I was about to say, like, the chances of this being the last <laughs> that, episode. That, and... it, it just, it just Matt changed. made you a promise, but he didn't consult with the rest of us first. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is the first person that sees the angel of the Lord. That's that is so, so, man, if you look into the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, that's, there's some interesting stuff. To... It is also interesting at the end of Genesis in other words, here, 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 what we're saying, not simply that she's seeing an angel, but specifically one with angel. the title or moniker, the angel of the Lord. Right. This is the, this is the two persons of God in the old Testament. God is, uh, revealed as his angel. The angel of the Lord is always considered to be God. Like, uh, it's interesting at the end of Genesis when, uh, Jacob is blessing Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. He speaks of God and his angel as the same. They, they wrap them into one. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. We'll come back to that. have to explore that. All right. Yep. We'll, we'll see you in episode uh, 78. 78. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I right. told you, I told you there's a, there's an episode 77 mediocrity curse over this one. So. <laughs> And my high school football coach would be the first to amen that, even though he doesn't listen to the podcast. Mm. Um, so, so just imagine how that is. Hagar goes back and says, Hey, God sees me and I saw him. Yeah. And, and not only that, but clearly, I'm also getting the full thing that Abraham was promised. Actually, I'm getting that now as well. And, and then I'm sure, I'm sure that Sarai loved that. I'm sure she loved also, that story. <laughs> to your point, Gandalf, clearly Abraham bought it. Yeah. Because he names the boy Ishmael, Ishmael. Ishmael. And and, and that is that is that is saying, uh, well, God did hear you. Let's name him Ishmael. And God did see you. And then by the way, there's the oh man. Well, That's you know, so you cool. know what uh you know, and, and the bigger picture, like so in, in this story, obviously. Uh, Sarai, um, is bitter, right? Sure. Uh, you know, it's her idea. She gives Hagar over to Abraham as a wife, the text right. says, not simply as a concubine. Um, and then when that produces a pregnancy, Sarai is bitter and deals harshly with her because, you know, she looks on Sarai with contempt. Um, and but that's not how God looks on her. Yeah, and I want to get to that, but it, it's interesting in in the big flow of things. This is there's kind of like a Ruth element, you know, Naomi, uh, Ruth's mother-in-law. She starts as Naomi, which means pleasantness, but then she has some stuff happen to her, and she says, "Well, don't call me that. Call me you remember Gandalf. Call me Mara, which means bitter." That's right. But but part of the story is in God's dealings with Ruth. He will also undo the bitterness of Naomi. Mm. And, and that's kind of a little bit of what's going to happen here. Um, God is not going to relegate Hagar to the consequences of Sarai's bitterness, but God also doesn't stop working in Sarai. He's going to change her bitterness to laughter. In fact, when Isaac comes along, Isaac means laughter. laughter. Yeah. So what's I'm I'm a blacklist. Uno reverse card. I'm right a blacklist there. fan. Uh the 
James Spader. It's the one TV show that I watch every week. I always say um, I'm going to catch up on it and I make it to like the beginning of season four. Yeah. It's and good. then I, I fall off. It, it's, it's really good. But anyway, I cannot remember the show that's advertised as another NBC show, but I, there's a line I, 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 that shows how interested I am in other, other shows, but I, I'm, I'm in on blacklist, but I'm just apparently not available for the others right now. But there is a line that occurs in the ads and this person says, Hey, as long as there's still time left in the day, there's a chance that the day will be remembered for something else. And I've thought about that a lot. And every time it made me watch the show, cause I can't even remember its name, but there's still more time for Sarai and she's going to be remembered for something else. And that brings me to another thing. We hinted at this last week, but. We have a bad habit of taking the moment and making the man, mm. um, or the woman <laughs> or the woman. Uh, I was just trying to rhyme. I oh, stay with M's alliteration. Thanks, thanks Nathan. Right. That's right. <laughs> but taking the moment or making the man, taking the moment, uh, and, and making the woman and saying, look what they did here. We're going to reduce it down to this one little moment. And as we introduced last week, often we make character assessments about characters in the Bible that God himself does not take time through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the biblical authors to make. Matt, this reminds me of a conversation uh, that we had a long time ago. You remember the first time we talked about the judges and I was just like, like I, I call, essentially called Samson a dumb jock. <laughs> you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I said, the, the, you know, I said, Samson's the dumb jock. He's the drunken buffoon of the judges. Right. And, and like Matt, Matt had real talk with me. It's like, Nathan, where is he called that in the new Testament? Yeah, that's right. And I was in like, fact, burn. It was, it was interesting <laughs> when we, it was interesting when we talked about that because I was, and I, I may not have been, I may have, I may not have been that hard on him, but I, I, I but laid you, into You him. were exaggerating to make a point. Now I get what you were saying. And he's. But it's interesting that like Hebrews 11, which is considered in our minds, the hall of fame of faith, which is divine commentary because it's scripture from the new Testament on the old Testament. I was, I was reading along in Hebrews 11 one day and I came to verse 32 and I'll read it in just a second. Um, but one of the things that sticks out in my mind about a character like Samson and there's others. I think every sermon I'd ever heard on Samson, every Sunday school lesson I'd ever heard. I had a, I had a sermon on Samson called the tragic triumph. Yeah. Every, every thing ever written about Samson that I'd ever considered of commentary of modern scholarship or not just modern scholarship, but just modern applicational studies had the same applicational point. Don't do what Samson did because he was the 20 year judge instead of the 40 year judge. He was, he, he just left too much on the table. He didn't let, but he did finish strong. Didn't that's right. And so what, what's interesting is I was reading along in Hebrews 11 and the writer of Hebrews. I was just, really proud of that, by the way, but we can't. I laugh. That's, that's I good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> but Sorry, you're I'm reading point. along in Hebrews 11 
And God has just bragged on Moses. He's just bragged on Rahab. The writer of Hebrews has just bragged on Abraham and Isaac and, and Abel and Noah. So what's interesting, when he gets to verse 32, he says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justices enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and were made strong out of weakness, became and we, mighty. And we have and substantial criticisms for just about everybody in verse 32. Exactly. But the text does not. It does not. In fact, the whole idea is introduced differently. The writer of Hebrews says, man, I just don't even have the time or the paper to brag about the faith of these people. And I knew, and when I read that, everything that I'd ever heard about Samson was, don't be like Samson, what a waste. Yet when the Hebrews writer, divine Holy Spirit inspired commentary says, man, I don't have enough time or paper to tell you how mm. proud I am of our guy, Samson. And I realized maybe. <laughs> maybe God is more gracious than we are. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> or at God least is more, more gracious than my friend, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it, it's, it's just amazing to me. I I'm persuaded that God does not look at the things, look at things the way we do. Yeah. Um, so it going back to our story at hand, typically, and you we say Abraham last, made a mess of this <laughs> Gandalf, you, you in fact brought it up last week about this is one of those stories that were, you know, well, Abraham. like, the, I mean, the, when, when this story is typically, you know, told, it's always in the context of like, listen, this is why you don't mess around with lots of women. Look what happened. Look at yes. all these problems. But that's not, that's not even a subtext of this passage. It's not even, a, doesn't even play a part at all. And we talked about it last week. That was actually just a normal thing that people did back in the day. Well, yeah. And, so, and I mean, I mean, a lot of times on this passage, and again, I've been this guy, this is a confession. Um, you hear it say, you know, we, uh, God made Abraham a promise, but Abraham tries to take it into his own hands, uh, mm -hmm. and look at the complications that introduces into God's story. Number one, what is viewed as a complication for us is not necessarily viewed as a complication for God, right? And uh, also, and why would God choose to amplify the complication by mul blessing Ishmael with a multitude of descendants? Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if, if you hold to the reading. Well, into like your Hebrews 11 point, a Abraham is not admonished for this. That's right. And, ne and time out, neither is Sarai. And time out, mm. neither is Hagar. That's right. <laughs> uh, mm. all, all three of them are provided for, um, uh, which, man, there's a lot of preaching points that could be made there, but. Uh, I won't go there today, but I, you, so it's, it's interesting. You talked about Ruth earlier at the very end of the book of Ruth, when, uh, she marries Boaz and the people of the town, they, they say to her, may you be like Judah and, and, and Tamar and, and their children in raising up the house of Judah. And so if you know the story of Judah and Tamar, we'll get there. It's. It's crazy. <laughs> and the and next it's few years, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. That's but, ambitious. Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Tamar is his daughter-in-law and she poses as a prostitute and he meets up with her when he's out of town, when he doesn't realize it's, it's crazy. And yet the people in Israel in that time are like, may you bless them like you blessed that household God. And I was thinking, because it's God taking a broken situation and working it redemptively. Absolutely. Which is the story of Ruth, which is the story of the Bible. That's right. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's you'd think to, we'd uh, be uh, more attuned to that pattern than we tend to be. Yeah. So, Nathan, bringing this thing to a culmination here is this moment where Hagar meets with God's angel and she sees him and he has, she has this moment with, with him, like help us understand the significance of this whole idea here, that this is the place where she saw God. Yeah. Um, so we, we hit on some of the tie-ins with Exodus last week, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, the angel of the Lord says to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. This is similar to the promise that's made to Abraham concerning his offspring through Isaac. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and you shall bear a son. Man, that sounds like Mary in the New Testament, right? I was going to say so. You shall call his name Ishmael. Uh, And all all of the points of this is Hagar is not in the covenant promises to to Abraham, but but God is treating her like that, right? Because the Lord has listened to your afflictions. Hear Exodus on that. He shall be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against his kinsmen. The interesting point that Matt's highlighting is, is here in 13 following. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. And again, when God speaks, things happen. We emphasize the importance of God speaking all the way back to creation where he speaks things into being from nothing. You are a God of seeing. I, I translate that differently than the uh, ESV. I translate that you are a God who sees me. For she said, truly here, I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called Bier Lahai Rui, which is just Hebrew for Bier as well. Lahai is living one. And Roi is a uh, 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 Hebrew for sees me. He sees or right. who sees me. So well of the living one who sees me. Here's why I think that's so interesting. I've man, I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. One of the biggest passages, in fact, one of the names that is most familiar to people, uh, that we like to say of, uh, of God from the Bible is Jehovah Jireh, right? Great. So many people have heard Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh comes from Genesis 22 and it's, it's actually a, a, it's actually a secondary translation of what the Hebrew is. The Hebrew is not Jehovah Jireh, it is Yahweh Yerap. Right. And it literally means, uh, we translate Jehovah Jireh as the Lord will provide because the text says the Lord provided on the mountain. But what the text most literally says is Yahweh Yerah. When it says provide, what it literally says is the Lord will see to it. So hmm. Jehovah Jireh, which we translate as God, the Lord will provide, is most literally is the Lord will see to it. Here's what's so interesting for me. Even before the Lord saw to it for Abraham and Sarah, the Lord also sees Hagar. That's right. <laughs> the that Lord is. also sees Ishmael. So 
we have this big major arc in the Bible of God. Again, the God who speaks in creation and the God who sees in creation, the Lord who spoke to her in this passage, but also the Lord who sees her in this passage, right? God, God speaks promises to his people in scripture and he sees them through, but God also sometimes speaks and sees to those that we would deem outside of the promises. God also speaks Mm. with, interacts with, and is capable of taking care of, and dare we even say blessing the Hagar's and the Ishmael's. That's right. Because Hagar, and Romans make this clear, Hagar and Ishmael are by definition not members of the elect family, yet God is blessing them. Mm. And and, this will be a point that we'll return to, but just to add to the shock value of today, uh, again, 17 is where you see circumcision come into the, uh, covenantal people. And even though Ishmael is not going to be the inheritor of the covenant, Ishmael is circumcised before Isaac is even born. Mm. Hey, can I add one more thing here? Because just as a person who has, um, been, been through some hard things and you find yourself in the wilderness thinking that. You're unseen by God. You're unseen by God. And lo and behold, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't walk on water only in Galilee. He walks on water in Mississippi and shows up. So I, it's interesting to me in verse 14, it says, therefore the well is called Beher, Beher Lahai Roy, Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Now what's, what's interesting. I got this from Kenneth Matthews is this is the place where God hears Hagar and sees her. And then Hagar calls God, the one who sees her, the one who sees me, this will be the place where Isaac will return to and set up camp on several occasions, this out in the Gev, which is a wilderness. And to me, I think this is just a pattern of the and drink from and drink from this well drink from this same well is that we often we're in the middle of our pain we don't know what we're why we're going through what we're going through we don't we don't this side of heaven have all the answers and frankly on the other side i don't think we'll care but one of the things that we can see on this side is how other people are blessed in finding water where you have found it and Mm, that'll preach this this is this well becomes a blessing, not only to Hagar and Ishmael, this, this well becomes a blessing to Isaac and, and then, you know, the hundreds of other people who will use it since then. That'll preach. Mm -hmm. Wrap up. Wrap up. Well, listener, if you want to always be able to find your way back to the well and join the elect family of the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast, then I encourage you to like and to subscribe on whatever platform is you're it is that you're listening to and also like we said earlier go ahead and tell somebody about the podcast and that way more people can listen the algorithm will tell them it's good and we'll have more people listening every week until then uh we'll see you next week where we will once again be in genesis 16 for uh, <laughs> we'll just say the conceivable future <laughs> conceivable, conceivable. Oh, man, nice but until then you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next time See you next time. Shalom. 
I really wanted to have a princess bride moment there. Inconceivable. Yeah, we've already used that though. Okay. <laughs> we're to the point now where we have to like actually, hey, have we said this? Reflect on what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Stop. I'm out. <laughs>